or far from home is for the better. What we dream, it's all that matters. We're on our way, united. Turn the crowd up now, we'll never back down. Shoot down a skyline, watch it on prime time. Turn up the love now, listen up now. Turn up the love. Who's gonna say? Chapter 16. Goid, can you hear me? Yes, of course. I am not far away. We know, Rachel said. We're just above your head. No, don't look. They'll watch Guide, Tobias said. If we hook up with them and demorph, they'll have us. The seven howlers had emerged from the wrecked apartment. We'd lost track of them after that. Fly eyes are useless at any distance beyond a foot or two. Were they tracking us? Or guide? No way to know. But you couldn't get careless with howlers. Eric, I know you can't answer, but if you can hear me, try to find guide. Hide him from the howlers. As we watched guide, another escort sidled up next to him. The second escort suddenly became a small group of Warmaker escort who simply absorbed Guide. This group of Warmaker escort would have been revealed as a hologram if anyone had touched them, but no one did. We flew into the hologram and landed on Eric's head. Are we clear? I asked Eric. We were being watched, but I believe we have lost the howlers, at least for now. Great, Rachel said unenthusiastically. We can stay alive as long as we're flies hiding inside a hologram. I will take you to a new place where you can hide, Guide said. Incidentally, this ability you have to change shapes is very interesting. Is it perhaps a technology you can sell? I would pay top price. I didn't bother answering. We demorphed back to human and hawk and endolite, still hidden, bunched up within the hologram. We were crossing a sort of large square or plaza. The floor was green in this area and almost made you think you were on a vast lawn. In the center of the square was yet another stairway, and we took it, heading down. It was busy with lots of escort coming and going, and what I assumed to be a few aliens as well. Eric made the hologram growl and threaten repeatedly to keep anyone from bumping into us and penetrating our illusion. We came at last to the next level down, and this was definitely different. Instead of the bare openness of previous levels, this one was almost a jungle, but a unique one. The plants, trees, and flowers were all in planter boxes packed together, leaving only narrow, circuitous walkways. If you looked out and up, you'd think you were in a genuine jungle. 
If you looked down, you felt more like you were walking through a greenhouse. Escort were packed in tight on the walkways. Too tight for our extended hologram. Tobias, I said. Think you could get up and see if we're being followed? Tobias flew out of the top of the hologram, took a couple of turns, and came back. Looks clear. I can't imagine the howlers creeping along like spies anyway, Rachel said. They're a little more direct. If they see us, they'll come after us. And too bad for anyone who gets in the way. Eric turned off the extended hologram and resumed his human appearance. We were exposed again. Aliens walking in what passed for a park. My skin tingled. Ox, keep an eye out in all directions, I said. He was the only one of us who could look backward as easily as forward. Yeah, let us know if you see any howlers so we can have a few seconds to cry before they get us, Marco said darkly. Through the maze of false forest, we shuffled along with Iskort in various permutations, none of whom seemed to be having an especially good time. My brain was buzzing, going a mile a minute, but going nowhere, like a car with a pedal all the way down, but up on blocks, wheels spinning, but staying still. What was I missing? Something. Something. Some way to defeat the Howlers. Had to be some way. The Elements didn't send us into this battle to lose. Did he? I tried calling to him with my mind. I wondered if he was listening. Probably. But he and Kryak had their rules. The rules of engagement, as the military guys say. What were the rules? Might as well have that ant look up at the chess grandmaster and demand an explanation for why he'd moved a particular pawn. Why the escort? Why did they have to be saved? Why had we known we were going after the Howlers, but the Howlers hadn't seemed to know they were going after us till we met on the stairs? Why didn't the Howlers go after the escort? That was easy. The rules of engagement. If they beat us, they could annihilate the escort. Not until... The one person we figured could fight and win against the Howlers was Eric. Only Eric had the power. And only Eric was unable to fight. He could put himself between us and the Howlers. He could give us information, but not directly help us. The Howlers had never lost a battle. That's what the Howler memories and Eric had said. Never. What did it all mean? I pressed my hands hard against my head, like I wanted to squeeze the answer out of my brain. We are there, God announced. I looked up, startled to realize I'd been walking along the whole time. I felt a surge of guilt. I'd been so preoccupied, I hadn't been on guard. We were standing outside a building shaped like a pyramid, maybe ten stories high in earth terms. It was white, the gleaming artificial white of plastic, and featured a wide, arched door outlined in rows of neon, like a rainbow. Something that must have been music was blaring. Yeah, this'll be a good place to hide, Marco said sardonically. No one would ever notice this. Where are we, guide? We have reached the Temple of the Servant Guild. They will take you in. I have paid for it. They will care for you until I return. What do you mean, return? Rachel snapped. Where are you going? I must feed. You see, we escort are not precisely what we seem at first. 
The body you see is of our symbiote. We are a symbiotic species. A large outer body, the isk, and the inner self, the much smaller portion, called the yort. A symbiote? Axe demanded, speaking for the first time. Do you mean that you are parasites? Long ago, yes, Goyd acknowledged. But what began as a parasitic relationship has become a truly symbiotic one. We function as a single creature. The two parts, halves, only separate every three days when the yurt must feed by swimming in the yurt pool and absorbing... Axe's tail was at the Iskor's throat before he could form the next word. Yurks! They're all yurks! Chapter 17 The Servant Guild was just what it sounded like. Slavishly obedient, fawning, groveling escort, fanatically obsessed with obeying your every order, catering to your every whim. It took a long time for us to convey that all we wanted was a room. A room with none of them in it. They weren't happy about it, but in the end, they obeyed. The room was as gaudy as the exterior of the Servant Guild Temple. The walls were so glaringly white, they seemed to make your eyeballs vibrate. What wasn't white was neon, or something like neon, in bold primary colors, swirled here and there, up walls and across ceilings, and inset in the floor. But the colored lights did not seem to touch the whiteness. Must be the escort idea of interior decorating, Rachel said. Like a hospital bathroom decorated by kids with those light wand things. Guide stood in the middle of the room. Axe had drawn his tail blade back, but Guide was not under any illusions. That tail would snap in a split second if we heard the wrong answers. You'd better talk, and talk fast, I told Guide. He was whining continuously from his diaphragm. What do you want from me? Marco said, We're a bazillion miles from home, clear across the galaxy. And all of a sudden, we find out you escort our yurts. Excuse us for being suspicious. We are not yurts. We are escort. Yurt? Yurk? That's pretty close. Tobias said, flaring his wings angrily. And you both live off Kondrona rays. Yes, we feed on Kondrona rays. But we are escort. Not these yurks you despise. Rachel glared at the cringing escort. I knew there was something I didn't like about these creeps. If they're not trying to buy something from you, they're trying to kick your butt or kiss your feet. Yurks. She turned to me, expression hard. That's it. We tell the Elemis to find someone else to play his games with. We're not helping save a bunch of yurks. The Howlers can have them. I was inclined to agree. It was the easy way out, anyway. We weren't going to die to help Yurks. Cassie moved between Guide and Axe. Guide, tell me something. What do you know about the history of your people, going way back to the beginning? Guide looked bewildered, but Cassie was staying between him and the Andalite's tail, so he knew she was his best hope. We escort, 
I mean, back many, many generations, the Yort were parasites. As you said, they infested other species. But that was long ago. Since we formed our symbiotes, the combination of Isk and Yort, we have been as we are now. Rachel snorted. They conquered these Isk things, and now it's like, okay, we're best buddies. Big deal. Marco nodded agreement. Some stranger shows up on Earth a thousand years after the Yurks conquer Earth. The Yurks will be saying, Hey, us and the humans are symbiotes. I looked at Cassie. Rachel and Marco were right. Cassie nodded, accepting the fact. But Guide said, No, no, I have not made myself clear. The Isk were not conquered by the Yort. They were created. Say what? Parasitism is a limiting choice. The Yort moved violently to conquer other species and infest them. But this was not profitable. Not in the long haul. So the Yort used biological engineering techniques to design and create a species specifically to be a symbiote. Who cares how you did it? Tobias argued. So you build the Isk and then enslave them? No, no! God pleaded, wanting a way through his diaphragm. The Isk were true symbiotes. The Isk cannot live without the Yort. And to ensure that the symbiosis would be real, the Yort too were modified. Now Yort cannot live without Isk, and Isk cannot live without Yort. They are one creature with two parts. Dead silence. No one said a thing. The reality of it was sinking slowly into our suspicious brains. Oh my god, Cassie said at last. Of course. It's the only way. The only way. Parasite becomes symbiote. No more infestation. They create the next step in their own evolution and become true symbiotes. No more war, Eric said quietly. No more need to conquer new species, to infest and enslave. The Yurks don't know about this, Cassie said. Even the Yurks who want peace cannot imagine a way out, a way to end the cycle of conquest. These Yurks could be related to the Yurks, Uck said. They may be the same species, somehow separated long ago perhaps carried from the Yurk homeworld by some forgotten race. If the Yurks knew, if the escort ever made contact with the Yurks, Tobias said, this was why Cryag had to destroy the escort, and why the Elemis couldn't allow it. Someday, maybe far in the future, escort would meet Yurk, and the Yurks would see that there was another way. I smiled, the first time in a long time. The ant had just figured out part of the chess game. Chapter 18 A smell like oil and mothballs and... It's poison, Rachel said. Like bug poison. Howlers! Tobias yelled. What to do? The howlers were pumping poison into the building. They had learned fast. 
Too fast. Insect morphs were no longer available. Guide. Windows? Yes! There are windows concealed! I can open them by... Not yet. We go airborne, I told everyone. Stay calm. Morph to bird. Guide, when I say open the windows, not before. The howlers won't come in till they're sure they've spread enough poison. I tried to sound confident. I hoped I was right. The stench of poison was growing stronger by the second, but I was already on my way to morphing a peregrine falcon. Why bug poison? Why not nerve gas? Why not some odorless, invisible gas that would kill us before we knew what hit us? Too easy? Not enough fear factor for the howlers? Or was no deadly gas one of the rules of engagement? We were melting, all but Eric and Guide. Morphing, flesh oozing and shifting like mud sliding down a hill. Flesh turned gray. Arms and legs broke out in feather patterns. Faces crumpled, then extruded hard beaks. Toes became talons. Good. How high up are we? Perhaps five times your own height. Okay. Eric, we don't know if any howler is sitting outside that window. Maybe yes, maybe no. Can you jump through it? Push whoever's there out of the way? Eric looked sick. No, Jake. I can hear the howlers. I know they're out there. If I go through that window, I might harm. Wouldn't want that, Marco sneered. We wouldn't want... Shut up, Marco, I rapped. My mind was racing. Some answer. There had to be. We needed a distraction. Otherwise, the instant we appeared, the howlers would... Eric, can you project a hologram through another window? A hologram of us? Absolutely. There would be no harm to the howlers, and it might save you. That would be well within my parameters. Guide, open a window on the far side of the room. Count to three and open this one over here. Guide, Eric, we hook up two levels down, near the stairs. Everyone ready? Two levels down? Guide said, looking startled. Just then, a pair of servant escort came bustling into the room. Is there a problem? Are those guests clinging to the outside of the building disturbing your rest? Make it fast, Tobias said, ignoring the intrusion. Birds don't tolerate poison much better than bugs do. Point taken. On three. One, two, no! The far window slid open. Instantly, a flight of six birds flew toward it. Dracon beams burned and flechette guns rattled. Yes! Let us open the windows! One of the servant escort offered. Perhaps a delightful meal? The near window opened, and I spread my wings and flapped with all my panicky strength. The hologram broke down after extending a couple of dozen feet from the window. But by then, all seven howlers were firing like idiots on the wrong side of the building. We blew out of the window, flopping like mad, desperate for every foot of distance. But we were not far when the first Strykonpeen singed Rachel's eagle wing. Down, down, down! I yelled. We dove, down into the maze of trees and bushes and flowers. We were a weird squadron. A bald eagle, a pair of ospreys, a northern harrier, a red-tailed hawk, 
and a peregrine falcon. We blazed along the lane, inches above the heads of the walking escort. They'd feel our wind and look up as we passed. A line of flechettes tore a tree apart inches ahead of me. I turned left and saw the howler. He was racing after us, knocking escort down like they were so many bowling pins. We turned a sharp left, banking around a line of fuzzy orange trees. A howler burst from the vegetation ahead of us. He had torn through the planters to cut us off. Pull up! Tobias yelled. Cassie's right wing was gone, a burning rag falling to the ground. Cassie tumbled, out of control, falling like a stone. She hit the ground and missed a gaggle of Warmaker Escort. I dived after her. A howler jumped from an overhanging tree. He aimed his beam weapon, even as he plummeted toward Cassie's still, crumpled form. He fired. Missed! Landed. I was on him, talons forward. I raked bloody lines across his head. He twisted his turntable body and aimed at me. I carried through, lost momentum, and slammed into one of the Warmaker Escort. The Escort stared blankly at me. I was in his arms, helpless. The Howler grinned and took careful aim. Right at me. No chance to escape. Point-blank range. Inches away. I could see every detail of the weapon that would end my life. Then, the dragon beam wavered. It rose. I saw the Howler's face, furious, enraged. But he did not fire. I flapped my wings. The Warmaker Escort reacted by shoving me away angrily. And then he and his fellows attacked the Howler. It should have been over in an instant. The Warmaker Escort were not exactly formidable. The Howler should have laid them all out in five seconds. Instead, the Howler shielded himself from attack, pushing back the thrusting, budding heads, and ran. Rules of engagement! They can't kill the escort! I yelled to the others. Use the escort for cover! Then, Cassie! Cassie, if you can hear me, demorph! Demorph! But I could already see her flesh growing from the missing burned scar where her wing had been. Yeah, yeah, I know. She said, sounding stunned. Axe, behind you! Here comes another one! The others were running for their lives. I had to get to them. Kelsey, are you okay? I'll... You... You know... Uh... Demorph! She said, dazed. Lost. Kelsey, demorph! And stay close to the escort! Yeah. Yeah. I can't leave you like this. No. Yes. Go. You have to. A howler was bounding toward me. His dead blue eyes focused on me. If I stayed, I'd lead him to Cassie. If I left, I couldn't leave her. She was too dazed, losing too much blood, sinking too fast to finish demorphing. No choice, Jake. I told myself harshly, you can't help, you can only hurt. I flapped away, feeling like my heart was being ripped from my body. I gained enough altitude to get above the trees, where I saw a bizarre battle underway. Have to help the others, I told myself. That's your duty. Help them. You can't help Cassie anymore. 
The howlers were leaping from tree to tree, like monkeys on steroids. They were simply leaping across the walkways, vine to bush to branch, like people crossing a stream but jumping from rock to rock. I saw three birds in the air, one missing besides Cassie. The edge of the platform, the void, was only a mile away. Okay, I said. I've had enough of this. They want to chase someone? Let's see just how fast they are. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, I am your host, Daniel. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode, and I do have some messages this week. I have a message, uh, once again, from Willis um, over on Tumblr. That's audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. He writes in, If I was an Animorph, I would try to get an alligator snapping turtle morph. Get Morker to throw me at Visor 3. Which does open up, tactically, like a whole new range of uh, abilities, right, that, I, that we've never really considered. It's the old uh, fastball special from X-Men, which... Actually, uh, this this takes place in like '99, right? The the animated X Men cartoon should be airing, and I do think they do the fastball special in that. So I don't know. Marco Marco loves superheroes. This is all talking about the X Men. Why doesn't he? Why hasn't he ever thought about this? I don't know. He should get on it. Um, as with uh, all uh, possible plot holes in the series, in my opinion. If it, uh, if they got too lucky and got away with something they shouldn't have, it was the Elemist. If they should have done something and they didn't, it was the Cryak. So the Cryak stopped Marco from making that connection and throwing <laughs> a snapping turtle or, like, a cobra or, um, not an alligator, I guess that's too big, but, you know, another smaller thing with powerful jaws or venom at, um, at an enemy, because I think that's very funny. Um, I also think it'd be really funny if Marco got a gun, like not Marco as a human, but like if Marco as a gorilla got a gun, uh, <laughs> I don't know, just, um, primates with, uh, firearms is just uh, a very funny visual to me. And, um, I understand why he doesn't, but I think it'd be really funny if he could. <laughs> so thank you for messaging me that Willis, um, that, that did bring me some joy. I also have a message, uh, over on Gmail. That's audiomorphscat. That's audiomorphscast at gmail.com, excuse me. And this is from Lucas of Ballad of the Seven Dice, that uh, actual play podcast, um, who writes in saying, Hey Daniel, wanted to write in and let you know I'm loving these voice effects. I know you think you may have gone a bit too far with those accordion boys, but I freaking love it. It fits so well into a capitalist-consumed society that is obsessed with entertainment. Also, K. Applegate did me dirty, making the howlers this cool. I'm trying not to root for the baddies. Their design is just so rad, and the art online makes me hope we get some Howler Morphs. It's been 20 years since I read those, since I read these, so I don't remember if they get one. Also, saw the question, saw that question going around. Man, I am, reading's hard, huh? <laughs> also, saw that question going around a lot about what Animorph you connect with. When I was young, I always thought it was Marco and Tobias. Now that I'm full of responsibilities and tired all the time, I am full on Jake. Ready to make decisions with no experience and have everyone rely on me when I need a hand. Anyways, thanks for the... <laughs> Anyways, keep up the great work. The captain position at the Planet Crusher didn't work out, so I'm trying my hand at being a Howler therapist. Should be good. Thanks. Lucas the Howler Whisperer. 
Um, yeah, I think the Howlers are very cool, very a very cool or uh, unique character design. Uh, the the lazy Susan torso thing, I think, is a lot of fun. You don't see that very often in um, alien character design sort of things. The like metal claw thing, uh, a little less so. I feel like that's you know pretty bog standard. You've got some sort of alien. Of course, his hands are also deadly. They're claws. I mean, it's like very like Wolverine-y. Um, at least the the like. Inside cover art of the Howler, the hand part looks like very Wolverine-y to me. But uh, the, yeah, the molten skin, the like lazy, lazy Susan torso. There's some, there's some interesting stuff going on in there. Thank you, K. Applegate, uh, for this inventive alien design. Um, I'm glad you also like the escort. Uh, it's a lot of sauce, but I'm I'm glad at least someone thinks it works. Um, do still kind of regret the accordion it's just it's just an extra step i'm doing and i'm like man i was (laughs) so i don't um to save myself time and because i'm lazy i don't actually like read these books before i start recording i'll read the chapters like right before i record them just so i can have a sense of what um what i'm about to record and so that i stumble less over the words because i've already read it through before but i don't read the whole book all at once before doing it and so i don't really know like like, I knew that, like, you know, there was going to be an escort with them the whole time guide. I kind of remembered him, you know, it was like, I went through the, like, the Animorphs Wiki for the major characters. So, I, like, I knew there was going to be escorts speaking, you know, it wasn't just going to be, like, a one-off escort extra that would then go away. But uh, I'm I'm not actually sure how much guide does speak. I thought it was going to be maybe a little less than it has been. Um, and so, just that extra stuff of having to lay down that accordion track um and then like you know reduce the the volume of it to an appropriate amount and then there is actually i don't even think you can really hear it there is a second voice filter layered under the escort voice um just because i wanted something a little extra um that i think maybe just gets lost between the accordion and my weird voice acting that i've chosen here um, which is a shame because that's it's like a four step process to do uh, any dialogue for the escort, and it probably could have been like a two pro- two part process if I had planned that better. But uh, live and learn, right? We're we're almost through. I won't have to deal with these accordion noises for too much longer. <laughs> um, but I'm glad you like it. I am glad you like it because um, I've done it. You know. <laughs> Thank you for writing, Lucas. I don't. I'm. I like. It's the end of my day. It's like 7 p.m. I just got a little loopy for some reason. I haven't eaten dinner yet. Maybe that's it. But thank you for writing in, Lucas. Um, if you'd like to write in like Lucas and Willis, I've told you two ways. I'm going to tell you a third and a fourth way. The third way is, of course, my website. That's theapodcalypse.com. The Apodcalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Um, and the fourth way is on Twitter, at Audiomorphs. Um, I, that probably won't make it into the show if you tweet at me there or DM me, but um, say hi, I'll respond, and we can have a conversation if you'd like. Um, that's also where you should check if I'm ever late uploading. Um, I'll if I if it isn't just that like I've forgotten it's upload day, the the reason why I'm delayed will be on there. Um, other than that, uh. Thank you for listening. Um, big revelations in this one, huh? We learned that the Iscord are actually Yurks. And uh, for some reason in my brain, it always sticks with me that this book takes place um, not just like on a distant alien planet, but also like 
in the future for some reason in my head um in my head they they are transferred both di- both in distance and time and it's like this is what eventually the yurks would become if the cryak didn't um meddle with them but that none of that's true so i don't know why that was in my head that's not how this went at all it's still the present day just um far far away uh where yurks have developed differently from how they currently are um yeah so that's that's my bad (laughs) um that i'm i'm stalling here i don't know why because i can end this at any time i want to so thank you all for listening I'll be back next week. You'll be back next week, I hope. And we will continue this journey together. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. We fight.